Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, or late afternoon as the case may be. This is Dr. Simon, and his show, as always, is The Stories We Live By. Uh, this is the third day in a row I am doing a, a, a show. Um, I played golf this morning, and uh, it was very important for my mental health that I do so. So I did not uh, do my show in the morning as I had done my previous two shows. And I suppose it makes it hard for people to follow me and develop the audience that I want, but that's what it's going to have to be. Um, I don't think there's one time of the day, every day, that's best for me to do my show. Uh, So uh, I'll take it this way, and uh, hopefully uh, an audience will grow and a discussion will begin because we desperately need a discussion on the issues of what happened in this uh, election. Uh, What I want to talk about today uh, is uh, Trump, the media, Trump, the media, the educational system, uh, and so many individuals for whom facts are unimportant and have been replaced by opinions. And the inability to understand what a fact is uh, is, uh, is damaging to, to me, the intellectual development of any individual, and the, um, uh, represents a serious decline in the importance of science. And while science uh, does not produce moral truth, it is really the best way to understand of facts and what they relate to, creating the best ideas of how things work uh, and to solve problems, to get the world under our control so that we may, be thri- we may thrive, have enough to eat, stay safe, be cured of our illnesses when they occur. Um, and at this moment, I believe that science especially within aspects of the political system, and Trump was, was, was the major manifestation of this, uh, don't matter. Uh, one of the things that curls my intestines when I read it is Trump's notion that there is no such thing as climate change and that the economy will best be served by pumping out as much gas and oil as we can possibly get out of the ground and burn in the air. Uh, creating a horrendous uh, 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 damage to an already fragile, overloaded, uh, and perhaps fatally damaged environment. Um, So let me talk a little bit about uh, my history with facts. Um, I taught for many years in school, a community college, and over the years, I, two trends began to, uh, several trends began to manifest themselves. One was the notion, uh, I taught classes of uh, high, sc- high school, public school teachers who were getting extra credit for their, uh, for their, uh, for their uh, salary steps, and my college provided a ra- nice range of courses for these teachers to take. They enjoyed them. I loved teaching them. 
about 15 years ago, I think it must be that, 20 years ago, the notion began to uh, 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 operate in our school system, and I don't know how many school systems, but it certainly was prevalent, very prevalent in the New York City school system, that children who are having trouble learning uh, have difficulty with their self-esteem, and that prior to learning, there must be attempts made to increase the self-esteem of the child. Now, how this should be done was never really worked out. Uh, teachers are not hired to uh, raise children's self-esteem, just as they're not hired to be their mothers uh, or solve the children's problems. And increasingly, one of the reasons that education is so difficult for so many people teaching is that they are expected not just to teach facts and ideas and open a child's mind and intellect, it's to solve all of the myriad problems that children come into school with, uh, broken families and violence in the home and all the other fears and terrors that children uh, can uh, succumb to. Um, in, in a society, as I believe, that is breaking down uh, because family life, uh, for a variety of reasons, uh, not the least of which the economic woes of so many families, uh, uh, children are frightened uh, and, and do come in uh, bruised, abused, neglected, um, and it overloads the school problem. But there are many causes for a child to have low self-esteem, and no good way to create self-esteem, except, in my opinion, a child who learns to solve math problems and read a book and enjoy it will then have an increase in self-esteem because he will and she will perceive that there's an increase in skills, an increase in hope, an increase in their ability to understand and control the world around them to understand where they're victims, understand where uh, things are not at their fault and things are their fault. So corrective action can be taken, most importantly, on their behalf, on their part. The idea that children's self-esteem should be increased was, it was suggested that their opinions must matter. And this became a real issue for me in interacting with many of these teachers. It didn't matter what the opinion was. It had to be accepted. Otherwise, the child would feel criticized and there would be a lowering of self-esteem. It didn't matter the content. The idea that the child was expressing himself was important. In the English department of my school, a, a similar idea took root, and that is when a student handed in an essay, I should not correct the grammar. The fact that they're expressing an idea should not be criticized because it lowers self-esteem and makes the student feel unworthy to express their ideas. The fact that some of the writing I got was so unintelligible that I couldn't understand what idea was being put forth because the idea has to be put forth in sentences and paragraphs that are organized in a meaningful way didn't matter. 
I was hurting the learning and self-esteem of the, these students just as denying the opinion of the student lowered self-esteem and damaged learning. The idea of facts, the idea of expressing facts, the idea of well-organized essay was just simply uh, ignored and seen as a bad thing, as anti-educational. Um, the idea that ideology should supersede facts uh, relates, again, to, to the story I'm telling. Uh, I once went to a conference in which the uh, Columbia University professor was discussing the difference between boy babies and girl babies almost at birth, that boys spend more time looking out into space than girls, and little girls spend more time looking and searching for faces than little boys. This professor was excoriated by a feminist contingent, and I am very as much pro feminist as I could be, but certainly not when facts, observable facts, are presented and they are denied because of the ideology that says all differences, any and all differences between boys and girls are the result of culture. And if girls spend more time on faces, it's because they're forced to do so, and boys don't spend on faces because they're prevented from doing so by the idea of what has to past the masculinity and femininity. Serious, serious problem as far as I was concerned. By the time I retired in 2005, I was really glad to retire and get out. I had a class in which I was talking about the Voyager spacecraft, which sent out a disk to try and communicate with a uh, other beings out in the galaxy, non-human beings, who might come across this disk. And it's still out there, I assume, making its way through the millions and millions of miles of space. And on this disk was a universal factual truth, and that is that one and one is two. When I said this, I was told by a number of students, no, that's your opinion. And when I tried to argue this, they said, somewhere in the universe, one and one might not be two. I said, but I can't imagine such a universe. I think the words can be different from one and one. But if you have one planet here and one planet there, there has to be the acceptance that's two planets. The class turned against me because I was not respecting their opinion. And I, at this point, I was a very good teacher. I did not fight with students. I did not insult students. But I felt the kind of despair that grew up in me that said, this bodes not well for our future. Now, along comes the election into this context. And many of the individuals who voted for Trump, and I'm going to be very careful not to be judgmental, but we know from the observable facts being reported about them, are less educated, have had less science in their background, and in many ways have been raised on religion that demands the obedience of belief and faith 
rather than acceptance of observable facts. The whole fight over creationism in the, in the, in the curriculum is based on the notion that children should be exposed to, set, to both ideas. And I agree that's fine. Only creationism is a religious notion and uh, 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 um, uh, Darwin's theory of evolution is a scientific fact. fact. It's based on fact. And it's called a theory, a theory being an educated guess. And if the facts are observed not to fit the theory, we don't get rid of the facts. If we're good scientists, we change the theory to fit the facts to one that is more explainable, more uh, widely acceptable, that gives us more power to understand ourselves and our world. Creationism demands that you accept on faith, on faith, the ideas that a creator, uh, especially in the literal context of this, uh, created the world 5,000 some hundred years ago in seven exact 24-hour days. And is not to be questioned. Wonderful show on uh, HBO. Wonderful show uh, that floats around on questioning Darwin, showing so many of the individuals who ultimately, I believe, did vote for Trump, accepting on faith this idea and preventing their children from go to, going to school where they could be taught the theory of evolution or other sciences uh, because it would test their faith. And I feel how weak their faith must be, how much fear there must be that children who would understand nature from another point of view, from its facts, from the interrelation of facts, and how things actually might work, uh, and be seduced by it, uh, would be have stronger faith in the morality that they're taught, rather than the gutting of any capacity to be credulous about facts and of what they observe. How many of us were raised under the notion of who you're going to believe, me or your own eyes? Right. Did you learn in school to have faith and believe, or did you learn to think and observe for yourself? Trump created a religion, a religious idea, negative in many of its aspects, and demanded that the facts be ignored for the myriad statements he made that from a factual point of view were just absurd and overblown. And desperate to believe he and he alone could save the society and bring back the jobs that people so desperately need and, and, and have been hurt by the inability to earn a living. Um, anything that was said about him was seen as false, and uh, anything that was factual about him was denied. And anything he believed, no matter how absurd the statement, was accepted as the truth. And what was frightening most, or as much as anything else, was the role of the media. I will never watch any of these 24-hour cycle news shows, because they're not news shows. I took a course in high school on journalism, 
And the journalist answers the question, who, what, where, when, and sometimes why? What are the facts? Ma'am, what are the facts? The CNN, to me, was the most egregious in which they hired, basically, uh, they were called uh, surrogates, people who were going to spin uh, uh, the truths spoken by the uh, candidates, particularly those who worked for Trump, and deny and, de- and debunk uh, uh, anything that was critical of their candidate. They were paid. And they sat with the regular reporters who were now completely steeped in the idea that to be fair and balanced, you question nothing an individual says on the air. Uh, One of the humorous things I saw about 15 years ago or 10 years ago, so hard for me to understand time, was a statement on the absurdity of fair and balanced without facts. It said, if a Republican would say the earth is flat, the Democrat would argue uh, it, it, it isn't. It's not true. And that would be the end. In order for the reporter to be fair and balanced, he would not intercede and question the basis of the statement, the earth is flat, even though he knows it is absurd in the highest to uh, deny that the earth is flat. Well, we had a flat earth election. And all of things put together create a terrible foreboding in me about the kind of uh, religious wars that might break out in this glorious country of ours, from the left with its ideologies to the right, in which, as I spoke last time, nobody understands the plight or the depth of any other individual. Nobody helps them understand themselves or where they're coming from, but it's all vilification. And the vilification under these circumstances easily leads to violence, and that violence can sweep, I believe, through the entire society. So, I don't have an answer for this. I know that the educational system has to change, that children have to be exposed to as much science as possible, and at home, to as much religion and the morality uh, that most religions accept as as necessary to be kind to others, uh, to be respectful to authority, but not slavishly respectful, to... uh, to uh, be as educated and creative a human being, uh, to question authority uh, in a respectful way, all of these things can easily disappear and may very well disappear uh, in the next years to disastrous consequences. The one that I upset the most is, again, our fragile, damaged environment uh, having having uh, endless amount of carbon burned and creating more global warming and more chaos in our environment. Well, I'm finished. My wife had come in. Apparently something went wrong with the TV, and I'm going to have to get it turned on for her.
And I think tonight may be cocktail hour. Maybe not. I basically stopped drinking, but every once in a while, oh, it sounds so good, feels so good. Anyway, I'm going to end this episode. 